Hey, Pro fans, thanks for your support. Whether you're subscribing to the podcast through iTunes, visiting pulpmx.com, streaming the show via the Stitcher app on your smartphone, or buying from our show sponsor, btosports.com, without you, we could not do this. You can still type M-A-T-T-H-E-S upon checkout at btosports.com if your order is $100 or more for a discount. Lastly, for some insider info and maybe a laugh or two, Follow Mathis's Twitter updates at twitter.com slash pulpmx. episode of the Steve Mathis Show, there is a high chanceability. You will either learn something a lot of people don't know. You left thinking or make you say to yourself Dude, that's so funny. The bottom line is, this podcast serves as archival documentation of this interview. Welcome to the BTOsports.com podcast show, brought to you by RacerX, hosted by Steve Mathis. Hey everybody, I know you've just finished listening to a whole bunch of uh, intro crap, but I just wanted to uh, put one more thing in there before we get to the show, and thank you everybody for listening. Hey, look, we all buy stuff from Amazon. I buy stuff, you buy stuff, we all buy stuff from Amazon, let's face it. So why don't you, the next time you're buying something from Amazon, go to pulpamex.com, find the Amazon banner there on the bottom right hand side, click to that, it'll take you to Amazon, and then you can place your order for whatever it is, either lube a baseball glove, or a car, whatever it is, then that way Pulpamex gets a little piece of that, and uh, we can keep on doing what we're doing. And I appreciate it. And so check it out on the link, and see you guys later. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast Unadilla wrap-up. And uh, it's Wednesday morning. We're a little little bit behind here um, from what our normal schedule, and we apologize for that. But uh, – it's On behalf my, of David Pingree, we apologize. Yeah, it, it's it's myself, Steve Mathis, Jason Wygant, who you just heard, and coming off the bench for an ill David Pingree, Jason Thomas. JT, what's up? Uh, what's happening? Thanks Glad for doing here. it, bud. Short notice. Short notice, but Yeah, I'm, I'm an expert at all things short, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, first we had to put this off because of Ping's interview on Tuesday morning, and then he was late Last night he couldn't do it, and then we planned on this morning, and I got a 4 a.m. text saying Ping has food poisoning, um, and he was out. So just like that. So, so he texted you at 4 a.m. thinking about the podcast while yeah. he was puking. Yeah. Yeah. I wow. Saw, yeah. Yeah. Dedication. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah, that's, that's the kind of effort we have here on this show. Or he was looking into the bottom of a toilet bowl, and the only thing he could think of was Mathis. There's two ways to look at that. Ouch. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, hey, uh, Unadilla. Um, I, I guess the, the, 
there's a lot of, lot to talk about with this race, but we'll start off right away. Um, Wygant, Barsha, wow, right? Yeah, like uh, I, I thought that he would be at the upper tier, or maybe that second group, you know, the uh, Metcalf, Weimer, yeah. Brayton, Alessi gang. But, I mean, I really thought he would ride the 450 well. I think that would really help him really suit him. Mm-hmm. I know everybody when they move up says the 450 suits my style better. That's, that's as common as I can't thank my team as far as what is said in interviews. But I didn't think he'd be this good. I mean, if you think about it this year, no one has really been able to run with that, you know, Filippoto, Dungy, Reed gang, like really battle them. Right. The first guy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, no doubt about it. Uh, um, and it was funny. I talked to Dean Wilson uh, after the race on Sunday morning, I saw him at the airport, and he's like, man, that makes our class look good, huh? Which, I don't know. I didn't even think of it that way, because there's so many variables. You know, just having a fresh start, the guy might have the adrenaline flowing. That doesn't necessarily mean that, well, hey, if Barsha's sixth in points, if Wilson had ridden a 450, he would have won. Right. Yeah. But I see Dean's point, at least. Definitely shows her some talent. Yeah, what do you think, JT? Surprised you? Uh, yeah, obviously, surprised me. Um, I kind of had him in that battle, too. I, I you know, I think I predicted like a four six or something like that. So, he obviously, was uh, a little bit better than what I expected. Uh, I, I knew his speed would be there, um, especially. I think it was, you know, fortunate for him to be, you know, not that he lives there anymore, but you know, kind of a home race for him, and uh, he's comfortable in those surroundings and stuff. So, um, <clears throat> I think you know, it was uh, obviously a you know, a good sign of things to come from on that bike. I think that bike is a, is a great bike to start your career on a 450 on also. Yeah, I think uh, quietly, and, you know, we'll talk about the new Cowie, obviously, coming up here, but quietly, I think those Honda guys have turned that thing around from a bike that nobody liked in 09. I mean, Ivan Tedesco probably still has nightmares about it. Shorty didn't like it. Millsaps was publicly ripping into it um more than a few bad. times I, I rode a talk when it was terrible i mean our production one i guess yeah it was not good that bike has quietly now turned into from what everybody says an amazing machine the honda guys really um credit the um uh the, uh, the electronics work that they've done on it with uh, data um and, mm-hmm. and they've really figured it out but that that bike is is good there's no doubt about it yeah i, I rode even um uh let's say a better 450, <laughs> uh, one of the better 450s, Honda 450s this year. Yeah. And uh, the the strides they've made in two years is yeah. it's incredible. I mean, I, I couldn't even believe it was the same bike, honestly. Do you think, Suzuki, that, that do you, do you think Suzuki's going to get in trouble that you just said that? <clears throat> uh, well, I don't, I don't have a contract with Suzuki, so no, I don't think I'll get in trouble. I know. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but uh, what, what changes on the bike? Like, explain that to, to me, a guy who is not at this level. So... Is it not to me though? Don't explain. Don't explain it to me. Things and suspension resolve that, or changing clamps, or changing jump. Like what? What? Yeah, a lot of things. Like they can change linkage. They can change. uh, I know they were messing around with different swing arms. um, That's not legal, is it? Yeah, as long as it's still a production part. So is that a part you can buy over the counter? Is that the idea? You could you like you can put a different year swing arm on it. You could you know what I mean? Oh, okay. Longer and shorter stuff like that. Uh, really the biggest problem for me was chassis-wise, and, and there's a million different, I mean, you can change, like, the, the hangers and all that stuff uh, that, like, different companies make that, you know, make the chassis respond completely differently. Um, obviously, their motor package is really good. They, 
you know, but that's that was really never as much of a problem as, as I think the handling has finally come around on that thing. So was it worth the gamble? Because that was the, the strange thing everyone wondered. That 08 bike everybody thought was about as perfect as it gets, and then it takes steps back. So now in 2011, yeah, I mean, it's like far, far ahead of where the 08 could have ever gone. Yeah, I think I think they're in the right direction. I, I was a big, uh, I guess, a criticizer of the 09 because I knew how good the 08 was stock, and uh, right. they just took a huge step backwards in 09. But now they're kind of, uh, I guess, showing their intelligence because they're, you know, here we're sitting in 2011. It looks like they're going to far surpass the product they have. So, and uh, um, you know, kudos to them, I guess. You know, also, um, you know, Pro Circuit can build a good bike. There's no doubt about it, and Reed, Chad Reed did very well on it. But there's no mistaking he stepped up his game with that machine. Um, you can't you can't dispute that, right, JT? Yeah, I, I think that that bike the, he's racing now is definitely better. Uh, not to say that Mitch, if he had the the resources that factory Honda had with that bike, that he couldn't do the same thing. Oh, of course. Yeah. But yeah. you know what I mean. There's just certain things that Mitch doesn't have access to, being you know a totally independent you know, bike builder for it. Um, but having said that, you know, obviously the, the factory Honda has shown that it's, you know, a little bit superior to what he was on. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, he, uh, Barsha was good, man. He was really good. Now, what do you make, Weege, of uh, the Dungy-Barsha collision? Uh, I guess Dungy had some real harsh words for him right after they pulled off the track, as well in a press conference, um, you know, some rare – emotion from Dungy right there. Yeah. What do you make of that whole, the whole thing? You know, I think it wasn't just that last move. Uh, I, I think, if you listen to what Dungy said in the press conference, I, I think there were <clears throat> a few moments, maybe during the moto, where Barsha, there was one time very early in the moto where Dungy almost had a pass on him. And Barsha really just did everything he could to take the line away. It wasn't dirty. He didn't almost take him out, but... I mean, Barsha changed his line completely, I think, in the back section of the course, just to basically put his bike in front of him, which, I mean, I, I tend to think that's just what you do to protect your position, but I think that was frustrating, Dungy. So I think he was talking about a couple of things in general, like the way he was riding in general, not just that big crash. The big crash, I didn't think it was that bad until I went back and watched it over and over on TV, and it doesn't make any sense why Barsha did what he did. He said it was a lapper. I can't. I don't understand why he did what he did. Unless I missed something, you see them as they're headed toward the jump. They've gotten around one lap rider, I think Spangler, and the next guy in line I think is Sewell or something, and they're, like, they're not even close to him. Like, Barsha's not going to land on Sewell. He didn't need to dart to the left. So well, I guess I kind of see Dungy's point with that one. Except I believe that Barsha was taking that line pretty much every, every lap because the, next, the next corner was a tight left. And yeah, I, but he jumped so poorly, like he, he under-jumped and, and kind of came up short. and right. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, I don't know if he was doing it to like, hey, I'm going to try to block Dungy in the air and take him down. Dude. It just seemed yeah. like more of a desperation move, and I think that was Dungy's point. Like, you can't ride like – you're not supposed to ride like that, I guess, in this class. Like, if, you're, if you make a mistake and you're going to get past, you're going to get past. Don't try to chop across somebody. I, I disagree. give it up. I disagree, but let's ask the, the racer. Yeah. Uh, that would be you, JT. My, my personal feeling on it was, is I mean, he knew Dungey was there. I don't think that he was intentionally trying to, you know, knock him down or make contact and do anything like that. But I think on the last lap, 
if someone's trying to make a move, you're going to try to discourage them from making that pass. You know what I mean? So if you can kind of jump that direction or do anything to uh, take their line, you know what I mean, take room away from where they can go or do anything like that, you're obviously going to. You know, he's in, in second the whole race. He's, you know, trying to obviously hold Dungey off. So um, I don't know if he knew that, that Ryan had gotten that close because obviously he wasn't really that close to him the whole moto. And then, you know, he's all of a sudden he's right next to him. So I think it was uh, a little bit uh, of an overreaction from Dungy, but I think a lot of it was just frustration from uh, Villapoto basically riding away from him and being stuck behind Barsha the whole moto and feeling like, well, if I could have got around him, maybe I could have had a chance to win today. Um, I think it was just kind of a combination of those two things together that just kind of compounded the the emotion a little bit. And maybe also the fact that he just got pounded with rocks for 30 minutes, also making exactly you very that, upset. Yeah, right. that's what I mean. It's just a, it was just, I think it was more of a frustration overall, and that was like a kind of a scapegoat, you know what I mean, where what? It, was, it was borderline, you know, maybe it wasn't such a smart move, maybe it was no big deal, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm sure he was really mad at how the day went, so... That's, you know, and I've been in that situation where if something goes wrong, it's really easy to let all of the other frustration and emotion go towards one single yeah. incident. And I think that maybe would have happened what, there. What about Mister Mister Big Time Racer? What about um, the fact that Barsha even was racing with Dungey? The fact he's not in the points, he's not in the series. The fact that he, you know, was doing obviously everything he could to keep Brian Dungey behind him. Do you have any problem with that at all? No, not the way it played out. Okay. I think if if Dungey had made a legitimate move and and Barsha retaliated, you know, even even parked him or even made like a clean block pass or anything questionable, I would be like, yeah, maybe maybe right. you should just right. keep your nose clean there and whatever. Mm-hmm. But he really didn't. I mean, Dungey really never re- never really made a move that I saw. Maybe right at the beginning, but the first lap, everybody's just going for it. You're never going to move the first lap. Yeah. So. Um. It was, that was just my opinion is I never really saw Dungey get close enough to really force the issue. And if if you're not going to force the issue, nobody's going to move ever. You know what I mean? That's just how it's going to be. Nobody's just going to pull over. Yeah. To, yeah. To, you're, you know, to me, five bike links back, you're not going to pull over. In my mind, gate drops, I don't care if you're, it's your first race back or you're only racing the class. You're, you're a racer. You know what I mean? Um, right. Nobody should be upset about that, I don't feel. And Me's, I agree with that. Yeah. But I, I, I think if Dungey had been up there, like, on him everywhere, you know what I mean, and and just like revving at him in that yeah. type of situation that you've seen before. I, I think he would have played out differently, but mm-hmm. I just don't think in that situation, as far back as he was, the whole moto, you know, what was Barsha supposed to do? Just stop? Yeah, you know, that's, that was basically what he would had to do. Yeah, I got no issues with with even with what Dungey said afterwards or anything. Like I like it, whatever. Some frustration. We we've been wanting to see more from Ryan. Um, in that way, so I would be uh, I would be a hypocrite if I started saying that he shouldn't have said those things. I mean, whatever. It's just a frustration over this kid almost beating him and uh, and a great ride, right? Right, Wagant? If you look at the same way, yeah, that's the whole thing. I mean, Barsha earned that. You know, he rode fast enough. Like I said, I saw one other time I think earlier in the moto, like one corner in the back where I thought Barsha maybe was going outside the whole moto and was like, shoot, I better get to the inside to block him, but it wasn't dirty. And the same thing over that tabletop. That was probably like a little bit of a misjudgment, but it wasn't hideous. Right. So for the most part, Barsha stayed in front of him by just riding well, by riding fast enough to hold him off. You know, it wasn't yeah. like blocking him all over the track. So, yeah, I don't – I see Dungy's point where maybe that tabletop situation was 
a little too close to comfort, and maybe if it were, you know, he was racing Chad in that situation, maybe that move wouldn't have happened. And I guess that's Dungey's point that those guys in that class maybe don't make those moves. But overall, I don't think Barsha did anything wrong. And yeah, what what's wrong with racing the guy? Right. Yeah. Exactly. I think, I think you got to look at too that that was for second overall too, and I mean, what's the difference between second and third overall? Probably fifteen grand at minimum, I would think, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, somebody to move over for you know what I mean? It's not like. Uh, it's not like you're just doing it for free and want to be a good guy. There's a lot of money on the line to get second overall in yeah. that spot. So yeah, hard to yeah. hard to place blame there. He uh, he certainly was impressive. His fitness was good. His speed was good. What a what a feeling that must be to be a kid from New York on a four CR four fifty factory bike leading by five or six seconds in the first moto. Wow, what a feeling that must be, huh, guys? I think it's one of those deals. They say this in sports. You know, the best trades are the ones that work out well for both teams. Yeah. You know, I know Geico did lose one of their main guys to <clears throat> give Barsha up for the day, but I've got to think that that was a better – I don't know what he would have done in the 250s, yeah. but I don't think he would have been as impressive. No, and so it Geico, worked out yeah. better for everyone all around. He would have gone decent on a 250, but really did well on the and, 450. I don't think that would have happened the other way. And let's, let's face it, Geico has a lot of other guys that can win. I mean – Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> all right, so, Sorry. Um, I think you're right. Will Hahn oh. now will not win a race this year. <sighs> Poor Will. Poor Wilbur. At least, at least Eli st- stepped up for him, though. You know what I mean? If they had to lose Barsha, at least Eli had a good day. Yeah, Which absolutely. Obviously Eli, their call. That might have been Eli's best race of the year. Maybe save Hangtown. Um, uh, we'll, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But you're right, Weege. I mean, think if you're, if you're a Geico, you're pumped, right? And if you're Honda, you're pumped. If you're the Geico I don't mean Geico, I mean Geico Insurance. You're pumped. If you're Geico uh, team, you're okay with it. Like you said, I mean, he probably wouldn't have done any better. So, like you said, I, I think yeah. it kind of rejuvenates him a little bit. So that's probably good for the team. Eventually, he's going to be back on the 250 team. I talked to Myshak, one of the owners, after the race, and he said, "Well, he's got a Supercross title to defend, so he's not riding a 450." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, next year, so they'll get him back, and maybe this is the shot in the arm that he needed because the guy was definitely frustrated. And it seemed like it was only building. He would ride too hard. He would get more frustrated. He would ride even harder. It would lead to more problems. You know what I mean? So yeah. maybe this will help. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, we haven't, uh, we haven't even talked about the winner yet. Wow. What a, <laughs> in the words of Mike Fisher, uh, he thinks Ryan Villapoto's best race of the year, and he means best all, all season. And I don't know, you know if he, Mike was just caught up in the moment, but it was, uh, it was pretty impressive, huh, Wygant? Yeah, it was, and it's really funny because in talking to him about this this new bike, you know, he said the main thing was that it wasn't as harsh, and by the end of the moto, it just didn't beat him up as much. And it's so funny how we try to figure things out because, you know, the last couple of races, Dungey ran him down, did his second moto at Millville, did it at both motos pretty much at uh, Washougal, yeah. well, ran him down and then pulled away from him later in the moto at Washougal in the second moto. So it was Alden Baker sucks, and he's not in shape, and Dungey's got better fitness. You know, we all know what's going on so clearly. We're such experts. Um, then, lo and behold, he gets a different frame on his bike, and that's not an issue anymore. So, yeah. was he too skinny still? I'm confused. Was it <laughs> too skinniness that I've been hearing about? I, this, this is one of my rants of the year, this he's too skinny stuff. I hear it all the time. Baker. I hear it all the Alton time. Baker clearly doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. Look at his track record. Yeah, no, I agree. And, well, Wygant, um, you're close to those people that say that kind of stuff. Um you know what I mean? You, you're you run in circles with people that are critical of Alden, and do I mean do you put them down? Do you say hey? Do you make fun of them? 
Oh, dude, I, I run that all the time. Okay. I'm like, okay, yeah, the training program that won the most competitive Supercross championship ever just a few the months ago. The training program that won, what, 100 races for Ricky Carmichael? I run that all the time. Uh, Loretta's, I must have told 100 people, oh, wait, you mean he wore Ricky out after seven straight years of dominating <laughs> outdoors like no one has ever done? That that training program? Yeah. The guy doesn't know what he's doing? Right. Sure. Yeah. Uh... I agree. Um, uh, great, great ride for Ryan Villapoto, though. Just uh, never in doubt. Took the lead early. Um, both, both. You know, I guess first moto, partial left for what 10, 12 minutes, maybe, maybe halfway. Um, but uh, uh, RV was uh, he looked good. JT, how much do you think? Now I'm 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 writing my observations. It's going to come out later today, and I'm going to give the bike a lot of credit. We did on the Pulp Mex show as well. But what do you think, JT? How much credit do you give the new bike? Uh, I give it a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to cite, actually, uh, Wygant's partner there, Jeff Hemmig. Um, earlier this summer, I remember Bro coming over. He always comes over and talks to Burner and whatever. But not not and, to you, uh, though. <laughs> what's yeah. that? Yeah, I like how you say he always comes over to talk to Burner. Not to me. Yeah. Doesn't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, they're really good friends. So he came over and was talking about he had just ridden the, the 12 bike for the first time, and you know, obviously everybody that rides him is like, oh, it's good, whatever. And obviously he's really tight with the Kawasaki guys. So you kind of, you know, take goes in one ear and out the other. But, um, you know, he just kept ranting on about it, how stable it was, how much better it was than the 11, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he's like, man, you guys should really look into, um, like, maybe riding him next year. I'm telling you, the spike's going to be really, really good. And so ever since then, I've been like, man, that, you know, it sounds really good. Obviously he doesn't have a reason to come in our truck and start, you know, mouthing off about how good it is. And uh, then obviously this weekend you saw what happened. So um, it was just a situation where when they brought it out in the middle of the year, which I've really never seen a factory team do, um, you knew there had to be a reason for it. They just weren't doing it because it was a publicity stunt. Um, to take a chance like that on a you know, unproven frame and unproven everything, um, there had to be, you know, some substantial improvements made to it and it was pretty obvious that he looked like a different guy this weekend so uh, I don't know I guess time will tell if, you know the last three races how good it is but pretty good start for it well JT don't forget Langston the Yamaha brought out that Yamaha for Langston in right. 07 and, and obviously you saw how that went I mean he was yeah he was we saw that raving about it also yeah and you saw what happened so yeah we saw we all saw yeah. Oh, I'm trust me. I was I was the one there riding with his rival every every day at home. I know exactly how that summer went. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Uh, uh, what about you, Wygant? What what, uh, what do you think? Oh, I got a question. I have a question for you, actually, Steve. Yeah. Where were you watching? Where were you watching the races from? Um, this this the hill by the old mechanics area, by the two tree turns uh, as they come up from uh, cool. before they screw you. You know. Before they screw you, yeah. Before they yeah, screw I know you? what you mean. Yeah, yeah. they go past the old mechanics area and then they come back up the hill. Yeah, I was right behind. in the middle between uh, between the side where they go up the hill and then when they come by the mecha- old mechanics area. The reason I ask is because uh, from the TV truck, what, once you have a lead of about four or five seconds, that's like the magic mark where it looks a five-second lead and a 55-second lead look the same. It's not long enough. It's just long enough to make it look like no one's near you. Mm-hmm. But we all know that four or five seconds really isn't that much. How close did Dungey and Barsha actually get? Like, I'm able to watch it a lap times, and I saw it was six seconds at the beginning of the race, then it was 11 at about the halfway mark, and then the last two or three laps, all of a sudden, they were getting a lot closer. 
Was it actually that close? Was RV cruising? Was there traffic? What was uh, up with that? Yeah, traffic, and I think RV was cruising. There, there was, there was uh, definitely they got a little close there at the end of the moto, but yeah, I, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. But you don't think it was legit? It wasn't no, an actual no. threat, like him. It no, almost it, could have gone a different direction. It was traffic. It was the same as Wilson. Same as Wilson in the in the first lights moto where they closed yeah. it down a lot. You know, what I mean, it's the last lap, the leader's not going to take chances. Now that I know that, that was my only question. I'm like, I saw that the closing in, but I only saw it via lap time, so I didn't really know if it was legit or if RV was just backing it down. So now that I know that apparently it really wasn't them just pure catching him, he was just kind of managing it. I mean, what can you say? And it's it's funny how quickly the tables turn because, you know, like I'm saying, after Millville and Washougal, it was all Dungy's got the upper hand, Villapoto's worn out, right. fitness, blah, blah, blah. And now, suddenly, Villapoto's got a new toy. Dungy won't. You know, you you assume that they're only going to – they could make some improvements to his bike, but what are they going to find that's just dramatic of a difference? I know that – Dungy didn't look that great all day compared to where he normally is. I saw there were mistakes that he normally – you know, normally you don't really see many mistakes out of him, so who knows? Maybe it'll be different at a different track or a different weekend, but it sure seems like this has tipped some tables. And uh, another thing about that new bike, too, Jake Weimer, without a doubt, his best race of the year so far. Um, yeah. not, he also got a sixth, I think, at Texas or somewhere else, but uh, uh, he was up front. He was in the mix. Um, good ride for Jake Weimer. So I, I do agree that the, uh, the bike uh, had a lot to do with it. Let's go to uh, JT for all things Chad Reed. Uh, not a not a good weekend. Um, JT, tell us about it. Uh, yeah, obviously um, the Millville thing is seems like it's still kind of in his head, and uh, just a bummer for him. He, you know, wasn't really himself all day. It didn't look like her the the Chad Reed that we've seen this summer, anyway. And uh, I don't know. Hopefully, he's you know I, I know he's got some soul searching to do and this uh, little break and. Um, I think, you know, having like a big crash like that, obviously he was lucky to be okay, but I think there's just such a fine line of the speed you can go and that you feel like everything's fine. Like there's no way you're ever going to have a big crash going this speed and you're going pretty fast. And then there's the, the speed that those guys are going to win the race and, and to, to go on that edge is not a real comfortable feeling. And I think after that crash, he's had a little bit of an issue getting back on that on that line a little bit. There's no doubt about it. He, uh, um, you know, we're all we're all friends of Reed and fans of Reed, um, but it doesn't look good, huh? Why get? No, because also the it's amazing how how one weekend or two can have such a dramatic impact in points. And I, I know we'll touch on that with the two fifties, but Wilson as well. I mean, these were incredibly up for grabs uh, championships, and now even if Chad got back exactly where he was. At Millville, and that's probably the most depressing thing about it. You know, the second before that crash was probably the best he had ridden all year. Yeah, you know, yeah maybe so maybe. fast early in the motos, and he passed him aggressively in the in the first lap of a moto that was like as good as he was riding. It wasn't like you could say, "Well, it was slipping away from him anyway." No and, way. And don't he forget, he, he beat hometown guy first moto Ryan Dungey. I mean, in a good, great, convincing ride. Yeah, yeah. So. He was riding his best, so that's the, the bummer thing about it. But the problem is, even if he gets back to that level, the points, like the points are a real issue now. There's only six motos left. So at this point, you'd, he, he would need some bad luck from, from one of those guys. You know, both, even if yeah, he from won all six motos, right. which would be still a, a tall order, be tough. Yeah. Um, also, too, uh, maybe a moment of silence here on the podcast for Andrew Short.
and uh, and his season. Okay, we're back. And uh, bo- broke both his arms. Uh, Supercross testing. Uh, JT, um, bad deal, right? <laughs> yeah, obviously that sucks. I didn't know how he did it. Um, so I was wondering, I was actually thinking, I'm like, how did he break both of his arms riding sand? Because obviously it's not a real common thing when riding sand, but now that I know it's Supercross testing, it makes a lot more sense. So kind of a bad deal. Um, you know, I think he'll land on his feet somewhere next year so uh you know most of the season's already the only three races left so could you know obviously not a good thing but um i guess timing wise it you know not the, the end of the world anyway sorry guys i was just uh on the phone with one david pingry were you on the phone with him yeah yeah you were on the phone with him yeah he just called me wow so i'm feeling yeah he's trying to get his butt under control he said oh jeez. oh <laughs> wow he- uh, he, even without being on the show, he still managed to cover his favorite topic. Yeah, exactly. Good point. <laughs> he, unbelievable. Uh, good point. Um, oh, uh, anything else on, on Shorty? I, I kind of missed it. I was on the phone there. but oh, I was just yeah, saying that with, you know, with three races yeah. to go, it's probably not the worst timing, but right. he'll end on his feet, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, bummer deal for Shorty. Uh, JT, not once, not at all, the whole time you were hanging out with me, just chilling here in Vegas. You know, when we were picking up those chicks, and st- n- never once you thought you crossed your mind to, hey, Mathis, I think Regal's going to ride for my team. <laughs> I was not allowed to say, hey, Mathis, Regal's going to ride for our Dude, team. Dude, so, we're bros. Dude. Yeah, but I, I actually got a phone call to specifically not say those words to you. So. Dude, wow, but- <laughs> his name mentioned? <laughs> yeah. You didn't oh, yeah. tell Mathis. Oh, it's great. Well, he knew I was at Mathis' house. So. <laughs> Dude, we're bros. Yeah, well, it was just a, it was a deal where he hadn't been released by James yet, and if that had gotten out before, because um, it was like it was like a timing deal where he was getting out of his deal from James, and then he was going to tell them he was racing Suzuki, like you know what I mean, right after that. So it was kind of like a situation where no nothing could go wrong and jeopardize any of it because so much had been put into him being able to race Unadilla, so. All you got to do is go, hey, Mathis, Regal's going to race, but don't say anything. And I wouldn't. Yeah. You know, I, I, and, then I on, you. and then the Friday before Unadilla, I would go, hey, what's you're up? there anyway. You're, you're in Wilkes, Wilkesboro, Wilkes Bar. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, Pennsylvania. Whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying. But, but, uh, but anyways, uh, hey, good, good signing by your team, I think. Um, uh, why get lost in the Barsha talk for sure, right? Regal's yeah, I was kind of bummed only because um, I, I thought it was genius because a couple weeks ago I thought, hey, when we get low on ideas for an online poll on Racer X, maybe we should throw in a where would Kyle Regal have been. And I thought it was genius because I was like, no one has mentioned his name at all. So kind of bummed. They took, stole my thunder on that. But I guess it was the whole point. And, man, when I went up to Forest before the first moto, I never saw Regal all day. I wanted to talk to him. I never saw him. So I saw Forrest, and I said, hey, how do you want us to uh, explain how this deal came about? And, man, did he get worried. Like, you mean you're going to talk about it on TV? And I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because we right. literally had put him on the list. Like, Fuel, Fuel TV, we always just call it Fuel TV, is big on, like, the underdog. They want us to cover, like, one of the not, got, not just those top three. Like, find an up-and-coming guy to focus on during the day. So Regal was the guy that we picked. So we needed to say something about him. 
for Are we talking like, about the one uh, to watch? The one to watch. Kyle Regal. Dual right. TVs. One to watch. I was bummed. I wanted it to be Josh Strang, but unfortunately, Regal wins. So he, Forrest is like, uh, 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 <laughs> it's not a Suzuki thing. It's not a Yamaha thing. It's nothing to do with that. He's just riding the team. Right. Just wants to get his name out there. That's all. Dude. I don't understand it either. I did talk to Forrest yesterday and got a little more information from my column, but at the race, I talked to Max from Fly. I'm like, wow, dude, right on. That's cool. What happened? Dude, I don't know. Dude, I don't know. I don't really know. I don't know. Um, uh, like, I'm just like, what, what is going on here? What, what is this like? What, are you surprised, though, Steve? Come on. I guess when you add the combination of Regal and what happened before at Valley and all that, and you add JSE Entertainment. Uh, and that whole deal, I guess you just get a, a massive intersection of we don't know, we don't want to talk about it. I don't know. Dude, it's, you're thinking way too hard if you're bringing up Regal as Valley. I mean, I think this is just a spiral of the, the JSE code of silence, like the fear of it being broken. Plus, we know that one time it got screwed up because when Larry Brooks went on vacation, remember, they apparently briefed yeah. every single member of the team except Regal on what to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jim Holly interviewed Regal, and Regal's like, yeah, James is the boss now. We call him Big Daddy. Larry's gone. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't work for us anymore. Yeah, you know that went and over was, like, a, like a poop, like a turd in the pool. Exactly. Just um, straight up. And everybody else on the team is like, no comment, no comment, no comment, no comment. And then Regal's just spilling it. So I yeah. think that's all of it right there. Well, no, I think some of it was from Valley. I think the Regals really felt like, a, I burned them with the Valley thing, which, I mean, I'm just reporting on what I know and what I hear. Both sides, you know, I was getting told what was going on from the merge racing end of things, and then I was getting told what was going on from the Valley thing, and I'm more confused than ever. But as a media guy, I was reporting on different sides, and I feel like Kyle and his stepdad, Mark, feel like I am the enemy and I don't need to be talked to. So I think a little bit of that had to do with it. I don't know. All I know is that getting any information – about how Kyle Regal got to the race and got on that team, btosports.com, by the way, BBMX team, was uh, the same as trying to get a NASA uh, launch key controls. I agree. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very bizarre. But anyways, back, enough of that. 10-9, 8th overall. JT, good ride, right? Yeah, yeah, he, re- he rode really good. Um, <clears throat> I was a little, you know, unsure of how it would go. I know he had minimal testing time and all that stuff, so... Um, he was he was strong at the end of the second moto, which was cool to see, and uh, good result for the team. So eighth overall is you know obviously yeah good for everyone involved. I think yeah yeah I think it uh, I think that's about the best you can ask. He he'll probably get better. Um, here's the point of the show where we go to Jason Wygant to find out uh, the JGR scoop from Unadilla. Yeah, they're obviously pumped on uh, pumped on. Um... Brayton, I said, man, you got to be happy. I mean, Brayton is, I feel, riding better than he did uh, last year because he's pretty much right in that mix. And at one point, he even passed Weimer, who was ahead of Metcalf. I mean, he could have finished fifth. He if was he right in that Yeah, group. if he hadn't fallen, he was, he was on the move. Yeah, I mean, they all, all four of those guys fell, Metcalf, Weimer, Reed, and him. But at, when he fell, he was ahead of that group. Right. Partially because Reed fell first. <laughs> but the point is that I don't feel he was in that group last year. Uh, now he is, so I thought that was good. Uh, as far as Millsaps, um, it's not a NASA secret what's going on. They just literally barely even know, like barely even know what his status is and whatnot. Do they quite, think? Do they th- funny? Do they think he's coming back? 
Uh, he says that Millsaps has told them he thinks he's coming back, but they are skeptical. Hmm. All right, so Les Smith because, back on the team. Yeah, so they, they signed Smith for two races through Southwick because Millsaps could potentially be back uh, for the next two, uh, the final two rounds. Mm-hmm. But I think they're wondering because they did have a little knee surgery done, not, not major like reconstructive or anything, but they're like, well, he would get on the bike like right after Southwick, which would give him like four or five days to get ready for Still City. That's pretty tight. And then if you don't race Still City, what's almost the point of just racing the last race of the year? How's that going to help you? You know, he's looking for a deal. I'm not saying that they're not signing him for sure, but nothing's done. You know, so it's like if you're him, do you go out and potentially have a bad race or do you just rest on your laurels and say the last race I was in, I did lead some laps at Redbud? Oh, you know, yeah. What's, yeah. Your, what's your better negotiating ploy? You know what I mean? Right, right. And that's what it's all about for him at this point. Yeah, absolutely. What about the 800? Uh, good second moto. Uh, yeah, I really feel bad for him, too, yeah. because he was basically... You jacked him. Dude, I felt super guilty at the end of the day when we put the results in the screen. I said, oh, shoot, Alessi got fourth. We never even saw him. I never even mentioned him. And I was really afraid that I had forgotten he was in there, and I was calling the race for fifth as a race for fourth. At least I didn't do that. <laughs> but yeah. totally forgotten about. I really didn't even – I did not remember he was in the race until the race was over. I'm just going to straight up admit that. Sorry, Mike. He, he rode strong, second moto. It was, it was a good ride. So first moto, not so much. Kind of went backwards. But uh, second moto was pretty good. What about uh, – why can't you had a story you wanted to tell about something, about the TV show, and I didn't really know how to work it in, so let's just ask you. Oh, yeah. Uh, we had a, a new pit reporter. Uh, normally we have an NBC girl named Tiffany, but uh, they, she was doing a do tour event in Portland. So we had this girl named Tina. So Tiffany uh, Tina? We have a conference. What's that? Tiffany Tina? They just got another Tiffany girl. and Tina, yeah. Well, just to make it easy on me, they keep the name similar. So Monday morning we have a conference call and uh, discuss the races. And normally when you get a new person like that, you're just telling them everything about every rider you could think of to give them information, stories to think about. Hey, Tina, you got any questions? No, I'm good. Really? You've ever been to a motocross race for it? No, I know what's going on. I'm good. Cool. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see everybody on Friday. And then on Friday, she got lost coming to the track because it's Unadilla, and yeah. how do you not get lost? So she misses like half the meeting. Hey, Tina, you have any questions? You missed a few things? No, I'm good. <laughs> okay. Then Saturday morning, Saturday morning, Chris, our producer, is like, to Emig and I, he's like, why don't you guys go try to find Tina maybe – put her under your wing for the next hour or two here in the pits and just explain some things, introduce her to some people. Like, okay, if we could find her, we'll do it. But we never saw her. Never saw her all day. Like, I shook her hand like one time real quick Friday afternoon. We never had a conversation. So the show starts, and I'm like, how the heck is this going to go? Yeah. Nailed it. Everything is fine. She had a report where she said that, you know, I talked to Kawasaki team manager Mike Fisher, and he said the big difference at Villapoto's new bike isn't just the lap times. It's his lap times under a longer distance and a longer moto. I'm like, son of a gun. That's exactly what Villapoto said. Later right. in the race, right. when he was getting worn out on the old bike, it was a lot different here. And then on the podium, she says, how does it feel to win the second moto of the races that you've really been struggling in more this year than the first? And I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> and that was it. She left. Dude, I'll probably never see her again. Just comes in, boom, drops <laughs> it on you guys and, and checks out. Dude, like, that's what reporters are supposed to do, though. Like, that's my point. Like, I mean, I'm lucky that I haven't been around a while and I know some stuff, but... You know, if you're really a, a true professional broadcaster, unlike myself, who's just a motocross guy, this is just what you do. Yeah, wow, that's a, that's a good story. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. It's that time. Time for a commercial. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. 
please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. Hey, at this yeah. point in the show, let's uh, let's call old, uh, our co-host, regular co-host, David Pingree, and, and see exactly uh, how's he doing. And we got our man, David Pingree, on the line. Ping, how you feeling, buddy? Rough. What happened? S- super rough. I don't know. I, I ate this. I ate lunch yesterday and then went to the gym and, like, halfway through the workout, I'm thinking, something's not right. <laughs> so I packed her in early, headed home, and it just never got better. And I was on the toilet all night, dude. Slept maybe two hours. I'm all crampy and sweaty and achy. Feel terrible. Feel like you just raced a moto? Worse. Oh. Yeah, like South, like two Southwick motos plus, I don't know, uh, something else. What What'd you eat? What do you think the culprit was? Uh, I had I made this like uh, protein shake with almond milk, and I think the milk was bad. <laughs> milk was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what happened. Uh, wow! Well, hopefully, uh, never had food poisoning, dude. It's rough. You ever had it? I had it once uh, from Wendy's. Yeah, <sighs> it was bad, bad, bad. That deal. Not from uh, Sinjin's Subway? No, no, I've never been to Subway since Sinjin told us about switching the labels. <laughs> uh, uh, wow, so, okay, you, you're feeling all right to maybe chime in a little bit here? Sure. All right, well, hey, anything else about the 450 class, you guys? Anything we uh, we discussed it, we covered it? Uh, Josh Strang, Wagon, would you like to talk about him? Yeah, I think everyone expected a little bit better, including himself. You know, 22 mm-hmm. 20. I think, I think he was looking for 15. I mean, obviously, I mean that's not a horrible ride. Yeah. You know, he scored a national point, 20 guys. It's a pretty deep field this year. But uh, I think he wanted a little bit more than that. I think it's kind of a bummer. The only race is one race a year. I, I would imagine that if you get three under your belt, probably gets a little more comfortable you know, to yeah. just ride some practice mode, not race any motocross all year, and then show up at a national. It's probably um, a little tough. But, what, one thing also, well, too, looks like Tommy Hahn might be done for the year. Uh, shoulder problems, yeah. so pretty much puts a capper on his year. There's like a genetic defect with the Han boys' shoulders, huh? Something wasn't made right. Oh, uh, why does Wilbur have shoulder issues? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, bad. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe from like when they grew up, they threw too much hay or something. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe down in Kansas, as they do. Hey, why again? I didn't watch the TV show. Did you guys get Metcalf and Weimer coming together? Yeah, yeah, yeah was, man, that that kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, it's just one of these yeah. things where it's like a normal pass was going to materialize, and then all of a sudden it went horribly wrong. You know what I was thinking, like when I saw those guys too, was you know they were battling for like sixth or fifth or something, and like they were going at it in the previous two weeks, like it or the previous two laps, like it was you know for first place at the at the Super Bowl of motocross, like and fans need to appreciate that a little more sure they're not in the lead they're not winning or anything but you those two guys were killing each other to try to to you know to race and i was just thinking about that how these little battles go on throughout the pack and jt i'm sure you can attest to this um you know you, you know nobody pays attention to you nobody talks about you but you are in a battle of the death with some dude 
it in the back of the pack. Yeah, that that battle goes on every <laughs> everywhere all the way through. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Anywhere that there's points to be getting, people uh, people are doing that. I know I've been in 18th and just been, you know, ready to lay my life down for to get 17th. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Oh, hey, JT, do you have like a nemesis? Like I used to always have a couple guys that I'd end up around. You know, yeah, but 10, the problem 15 is minutes in the moto, it's like, oh, this this jackass again. I'm going to battle with this guy yeah. all moto. All those guys are gone now. Like it, it, there's been so many through the years. It was like it was Kyle Lewis at one time. It was you know Ryan Clark at one time. It was just all these different guys. Um, but now it's kind of I'm racing against all these kids now that I don't really have any history with. So what a, it's been different. What about you, Ping? Do you have Did you have a guy? Uh, yeah, same as JT. It's different guys with different guys. But was there was there one guy that you stands out? Uh, uh, not particularly. Greg Schnell. I had a few guys. A Schnell was one of them. <laughs> and that was always ugly because we didn't like each other at the time. So yeah, I know. Deegan, when Deegan was racing, always I'd always find Deegan. Funny. Uh, we didn't like each other either. Let's uh, let's go to the 250 class and. Uh... Well, hey, did you guys cover the Barsha incident? <laughs> no, no, we never did. Never talked about no, it at all. No. That. What are you talking about? Don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, what, what what was your take? Well, well, tell us what yours is first, Pam. It's very comp. Our take was very well, complicated. Yeah. I, I never like saw the only footage I saw of it was from the corner, like as they were coming into it. And it was hard to tell if Barsha like he kind of looked to me like he was just that was his line. It was kind of drifting, but uh, you would you would need to see it from like the other side of the jump, you know, as they approached it. To see, like, if he like looked over at Dungey and then sort of drifted left, or what? You know what I mean? If we had that angle on TV. He didn't look over at him. There wasn't a lap rider in the way. Like, it just ended up that way. But that doesn't. I, I know you don't have to look over to be able to know where a guy's at. Like, you know, you guys are better than that. But I'm not saying just because he didn't look over didn't mean that he didn't know what he was doing. But he didn't look over. So you guys are saying it was just racing. Well, no, uh, I think Wygant said it wasn't, but I, I think it is. I, well, thought, I thought it was racing. I, I mean, obviously he's going to try to try to block the guy the last lap somewhat. I mean, you're not going to just give it to him. But I don't think it was like he was trying to, you know, jump over into him in the air or anything too crazy. Yeah. Well, I've never seen Dungy so fired up. Yeah, it's good to see a little bit of emotion out of him, for sure. I mean, I would be, like I said, I'd be a hypocrite if I said, uh, you know, hey, uh, what's, what's he getting all upset for? Because I'm the guy that's always like, dude, please give us something. Please give us anything, you know? Yeah. So, um, all I can tell you is I'm glad they don't put a microphone in my face after every moto. <laughs> it would be a disaster. I'd like to see him put a microphone in Frank's face back in the day after every moto. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Mine would be way worse, I think. Oh. Uh, um, 250 class. Let's move on to that. Uh, Dean Wilson um, hadn't won a national, but much like Villapoto, uh, best ride of the year for Dino. How huh? wide Yeah, and same thing with like I was saying in the points of the 450 class. All right. it takes is one weekend, and all of a sudden, what was a completely hazy, foggy, impossible to figure out championship picture is now crystal clear. Like all of a sudden, he's got a 25 point lead on yep. both Baggett. And then even more, and Rattray's 40-some points back, just yeah. like that. Yeah, 
let's let, we can queue up taps for Tyler Rattray's uh, championship hopes. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. Um, uh, a, a good first moto for sure. Road strong. Uh, second moto crash out though, and that's and that's all she wrote. You're right. He's got a moto lead. Dean Wilson does already. And um, I mean, at the end, if he wins this thing at the end of the year, I, sure he may he may not have the national wins that Baggett has, but uh, week in and week out, he's been the best guy. Yeah, I think it's crazy. Like I didn't understand why he was even so frustrated about it. I mean, it wasn't like it'd be one thing if he won the title and someone else won all the motos and then you know broke his leg halfway through the year. Yeah. You know, he's clearly been as good. You know, in the hunt. You know, deserved it just as much as anybody else. The math just hasn't worked out. But I don't think anyone would consider him getting lucky to have a points lead or anything like that. It's legit. Yeah. I, um, yeah. You guys disagree? It, it, it's well, funny. It's funny. Obviously, Dean's been down here uh, riding since uh, Washu, I guess. You know, that week he came down. And uh, <laughs> Chad's track is really deep. Like, it. They hauled in, you know, tons and tons of clay on it, but it's still got a sand base, so it's going to be really deep everywhere, even with the clay mixed in. And he just, he's just on the 250F, you, there's just such a disadvantage. He hasn't been able to beat Chad, obviously, and, and Berner's been beating him, too, you know, consistently. And I, I think Dean has been so frustrated. I mean, he's, like, on the verge of tears because, you know, here he is, the points leader, and he's getting last every day at the track, and he, you know, just can't do anything about it and uh you know you're just like complaining about it. i'm like dude just you know take it for what it is like look at it this way every time you go out there you're doing everything you possibly can to go faster because you have to you're getting beat like you're you know what i mean so you're getting as much out of it as you possibly can you're you're not holding anything back out there you're going as you know you're yeah. literally like laying it down every time so just you know accept that you know, you're learning and you're getting better. And at the races, it's going to be a fair playing field and it's going to be a different story. And you know, obviously that, that showed this weekend he went out there and, yeah. and Dom- dominated. pretty much laid the wood to everybody. Uh, well, again, it sounds like you two have squ- squashed your beef too. I don't know what the beef was, but I just always <laughs> had a bad vibe. I just always had a feeling. There's no beef on me. your side, but. <laughs> yeah, I had no problems with him, but I always could sense that he didn't think I liked him. But uh, now we're good. Yeah, good. Uh, good to like hear. you, you squashed the uh, troubles of Barsha, right? It was a good weekend all around. Yeah, a lot of beef squashing. Yeah. Well, Barsha said, Barsha said, uh, "You're not a joke," and then he laughed hysterically. So I'm not really wow. sure how to take that. Um, I don't think that was an apology. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm not to tell me. I don't know. I'm I'm with you on that, but that's okay. Uh, I can handle it. <laughs> uh, Ping, uh, we had Mitch Payton on the Pulp Mech show, and I said, I said, Mitch, I go. Tell me that you you can't believe that Blake Baggett has won this many races and been this fast. There's no way, you know, you expected that of him. And he just Mitch goes, I expect all my guys can win. That's why we hire them because they're winners. And I'm like, all right, dude, whatever. But uh, okay, I moved on from there. But seriously, Baggett's uh, Baggett's had a season that you definitely better than expected, right? Uh, I don't know. I, I heard, you know, like I told you way back at the beginning, no, they you told did, me how but... fast he was going. Yeah. But... And I've seen that kid out here at practice tracks, like, murdering everybody two, two, three years ago. You know, like, I knew he had skills. I, I, I think, he, how many how many wins does he have this summer? Uh, Four? Five? I think it's five. Five, five? overalls. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty staying good. Yeah. But... yeah five overalls. Rattray has three. Wilson has yeah. one. Um. What about JT, Eli Tomac's best race of the year, I'd say? 
one of the one of the best races for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, finally he kind of rode where we thought he would be. So here's my question to you: How much does having this Justin Bogle kid on the team, you know, the exact same position Eli was in um, two years ago, the hot kid, amateur kid coming up, or a year ago, I guess. How much did that play into it, if at all, do you think? I kind of wondered that myself because <clears throat> him and Bogle had a big incident uh, a few weeks ago. They did? Oh, that's and, right. Uh, they did. Yeah. yeah, they got into it pretty good. And I was wondering about that, if that, you know, lit a fire on them a little bit or that played into it at all. You know, I don't know him well enough to have really an opinion, but right. uh, definitely it was a different Eli Tomac out there on, on Saturday than has been the past couple months. And, and well, it definitely fires you up when, when some rookie kid comes into your team. Like, you know, you're going to be a little pissy and territorial. Like I, when, when Hepler first started uh, like his opening pro race at Millville, I was pissed that he got the Suzuki spot that I wanted to be at, and I smashed into him as many times as I could. <laughs> yeah, you just, whatever you can do, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's the same thing like anytime, even when Ricky – first game i was like this arrogant little prick yeah thinks he's gonna like win and stuff yeah fairy fairy told a story you that showed w- him <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sure shut that ricky guy right down didn't you ping no but you know like yeah yeah obviously F- fairy uh just let that one go but anyway. <laughs> fairy fairy told a story of uh when ernie ernesto came over to i guess his first race was steel city and Yamaha gave him a factory motor or something, and Ferry thought he deserved it. This was in 98 and 125s, and Timmy said he spent the whole moto just ramming the shit out of Ernesto all the, the whole <laughs> yeah. time. Still City, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was watching that moto, and he did too. He plowed <laughs> him over and over. Very unhappy that Yamaha gave Ernesto the motor and not, not himself. So, Racers are an, an, an emotional bunch of guys. It's funny. Yeah. Like uh, the things that get them all fired up and yeah, tell me about it. The way their their egos will tell me about it. Take a beating. Um, why can't uh, we're at the point where uh, a kid like Bogle comes in and goes six six, and we just go, huh? That's pretty good. But really, that's really good, right? Oh, it was really good. Yeah, yeah. it was really good. Unfortunately, the gold standard was originally Barsha leading both motos at at his first race, and then Tomac up that by winning yeah. his first race. It's a real Double-edged sword, but Geico has going on over there because they did this deal where they pretty much snapped up all the fast amateur kids over a four- or five-year span, and that, of course, means that you're probably going to get guys who are battling each other on opposite teams at one point. You know, I've seen, you know, uh, Tomac and Barsha were trying to beat each other for a long time, right. you know, and now, now they're teammates on the same brand. Yeah. So it's like you're, you're taking the chance, like, we got all the talent, and we're going to have them do mock motos, and I know that's where Bogle and, and Tomac were, were kind of getting into it because they have the team race against each other, you know, and it's almost driving them, but at the same time, you're almost guaranteeing that you're going to cause some drama under the, under the tent. And I know, like, say, Josh Grant probably wasn't pumped when Kennard came in and immediately won Supercrosses. Yeah. And I know that Kennard wasn't pumped when Barsha came in and won or almost won Glen Helen. Yep. And they all probably weren't pumped when Tomac came in and won Last year, so it's a real delicate balance. And then there's times when that team has really rallied, and it seems like they've got the magic formula. But from what I've heard this summer, it doesn't quite, doesn't quite yeah. work that way. And uh, not only you have the riders, but they're all young enough where, of course, they've got to bring their parents to the races as well. And they're probably even more competitive than the riders themselves are. You've got a recipe for some 
either, yeah, it lights a fire under them or it just causes problems. Um, that's funny, the Bogle thing, uh, it really was evident. 20 minutes, he started dropping. He had 20 minutes in him. It was instant. It was, yeah. it was instant. It was. It he got was... tight, though. He got tight. Oh, is that what it was? Tight? tight. Yeah. Yeah, he got tight. That's rider speak for minutes. exhausted. Ping, <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you get when 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 you're when you got a good sweat going for twenty minutes in a moto and your heart rate's maxed? Is that when you start getting tight? Because actually, that was his heart, his uh, his arteries <laughs> tightening up, heart was gauge. shutting down. <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, uh, yeah, but I mean, whatever. That's to be expected. You know what I mean? I don't think anybody should come down on the kid, but. Yeah, he's got a little I more mean, work got, to do. He got tired, but he still got six. Yeah. It wasn't like, see, yeah. I've seen yeah. guys tired. Trust me. When I'm in 15th and guys are coming backwards, that's tired. Right. Like, they go from 11th to 19th in two laps. Like, I've seen that. That's tired. You know what I mean? He was tired, but yeah. he still, you know, he still stayed there. It yeah. wasn't it wasn't that bad. I don't know. I didn't uh, think that was actually pretty And since that your first national, it's pretty stinking good. Yeah. I mean, what what did Ricky get his first one? Did he even finish that well? Eighth, I think. Being seven. Yeah. Six, so, seven. Yeah, you compare him to some of the I mean, Bradshaw, great of the sport. That's a good that's a good opener. Bradshaw got fourth, and the, the world almost f- spun off his access. Do you know what I mean? At that time, in 88, getting fourth at your first national is, was phenomenal. But well, I bet at Winnipeg, the world was spinning off its axis. I mean, I have no doubt that you were losing your mind in Winnipeg. I could have been. I could have been. But, I mean, you know, but now we've seen the Dungies and Canard. Well, Dungie didn't do that well, but Canard went 4-4, I think, his first race. Uh, um, you know, we've seen these kids come in and just Hepler did, did well, I think. Um, Josh yeah, but Hill. the one thing to keep in mind is that the, the standard we're setting is based really on Barsha and Tomac now. Like, that's why this yeah. getting fifth overall was like ho-hum. But they did it at the first race of the year, and everyone around them said, oh, that's because they haven't had to worry about Supercross. Just wait a couple of rounds, and the pack will catch up to them. And that is exactly what have happened. Yeah. yeah Whereas Bogle true. probably was less prepared. I mean, true. he was training for Loretta's up until seven days before the race. Yeah. No, yeah, good, he was doing 20-minute motos to get ready for that event because that's where his focus was. And that showed. 20 minutes into Unadilla, he was done. Yeah, no, good, good point. You're right. And guess what, guys? My co- question, oh. my question is, why wouldn't you just go ahead and do thirty and thirty-five and be overly prepared for Loretta's, and then actually prepared for Unadilla? Well, uh, maybe he was. He just wasn't used to going that pace or with that much intensity. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, there, but it seems like now you have to have that intensity the whole time. Like the days of cruising and. Pacing yourself for 35 minutes seemed like they're over, and the freaking everybody just, you know, especially lights class, 450 class that way too. Everybody's just sprinting the whole time now. It's crazy how um, that aspect of racing has changed. Looking at Bogle's lap times, he did a 210, his fastest lap at seven, lap seven, so 14 minutes in. Then he did a uh, 212, and then he never got below 213 ever again. And then he was 15s and 14s. To, to, to ride it out. So, uh, one, two, three, four. In four laps, he dropped four seconds from his best time. So he had his best time. Then four laps later, he was four seconds slower. And in the second moto, he his best lap time was again on lap seven. And again, wow, it's pretty funny. He, he started dropping immediately after that into three, four, five, six seconds even slower after that. So it's like he put in one final 
rush, set his fast time, and that was it. He started tapering from there. Interesting to look at that. Um, hey, this goes back. Hello? Hello? I think we lost Wygant. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, hey, guess what, guys? Uh, he'll call back, I'm sure. Guess what? Kyle Cunningham got fourth again. Yeah, shocker. Did he really? That's, uh... Yeah. That's killing his uh, 2011 income right there. I know. He's only got top three bonuses, too, so that, that's got to really hurt. No doubt about it. Um, you know what? Someone needs to just kind of help him see the bright side. Like, he's going to keep himself in a lower tax bracket. Oh, good one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Good one. Yeah. Never thought about that. you got to find a silver lining, guys. <laughs> it's a bummer because I'm not a bummer, but, you know, we're talking about it like it's a bummer. But he's honestly, you know, it's amazing how much – he stepped up his consistency and overall season this year. I mean, I, I've been really impressed. He hasn't had big crashes. He's been consistently at the front. If he gets a bad start, he still moves to the front. So pretty uh, pretty strong outdoor season for him, I think. Yeah, I agree. I concur. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, he, he, was, uh, he was crashing like crazy in Supercross, which he's crashed a lot, right, his whole career. So. And he still made his head length bobbly, or is it still pretty like – uh, he's he's been working on it. I, I think he's Brock Sellers dish in that head bobble situation. <laughs> I don't know if it's ever going to get better. But um, <laughs> what is that? What is that? Like, I don't know. It's like a lack that? of neck strength, or just a. Uh, it's like he's got like walleye vision. Where I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, well, Brock was strong. Like it, it wasn't like he was a. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure he is too. I don't know that. It's like they got the muscle to hold their head up. Why does it wobble around like it's on a spring? Why gants back? You like to slow the rebound down on that thing. I just want to take their neck and go like two in on the rebound. <laughs> uh, welcome back, Wygant. I want to try to figure out what he was just talking about. That would be. You've got the muscle to hold the neck up. Why is it wobbling around? <laughs> yes. Kyle Cunningham? Oh, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> was that right? Yes. I swear, I, that's the first thing I heard was he has the muscles all his head up. I did not know what you were talking about. And uh, who, who's the other rider notorious for it? Already retired. Sellers. <laughs> <laughs> that's Nailed why we're on this show, folks. Two. We are all experts right here, and it's clearly we've just demonstrated it. Um, hey, uh, good. How, how would Sellers, Sellers would go through whoops? How could he see? Uh, I mean, you'd be like looking at the top of the stadium, the floor, the side. Your head was just—it was all over the place. How do you keep any kind of? But if you ever like spent time around Brock, you'd understand that it just all worked out. <laughs> um, good moto by uh, Martin Davalos, uh, fifth, and good good moto by Swanepoel, fourth. But then they had poopy uh, other motos, but both good rides for those guys, no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, Alec- I heard uh, Davalos lost a front tooth. Yeah, he did. That's I guess. True. Yeah, yeah, he lost a tooth. Got a, got a rock in it. Uh, Alex Martin, he's been good. He's been good. Ten ten. Been solid. Yeah. Top top guy with with crappy support, and I, I mean crappy in the worst in the best way possible. You know what I mean? Crappy support. <laughs> Your I team is crappy, but I mean that in a good way. Yeah. What? No offense, but I talked to the guy who uh, is the dealership that backs that team, and he said that they've actually had to search warehouses to get twenty ten. Hondas for those guys that practice bikes because there aren't any 11s left. So those guys are pretty much down to 2010s. And if some of the motos, they've actually even raced them. So that gives you an idea. Where <laughs> that, that thing is just teetering to the end. Like at Paula, it's just going to be 
just a, a mix, a mishmash of stuff. Uh, Ryan Morris, first race back uh, forever. I mean, I, last time he raced outdoors, I think Mitch was riding blue Hondas. But twelve, um, twelve, uh, good ride for Mo, huh, Ping? That's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Especially hey, Unadilla, I would say that's not his his kind of track. You know, he's more yeah. like I would see him doing good at Steel City. Yeah. So. Sorry about that thing. What uh? What have you? I know why you're you're uh you know former West Virginia resident, but uh, District Five. What's up with Durham? Have you, you know what situation's been no, the last few weeks? Uh, he obviously he's, hasn't he's, been on the pace of where it was. I asked his biggest fan, uh, Billy Ersick, and uh, Billy said, "I don't know what's up with him." But I am going to interview Mike McDade for Privateer Profile this week. So he's moved on. <laughs> already. Went 21-22 or something like that. Already so got a new guy. On. Yeah. Um, a new guy. Any Jason Anderson pep talks? Or have you given that up? Dude, I stayed as far away as I could. I mean, let's be honest. I've done enough damage. And I feel like it's working. Not saying anything. Because it is getting better. Yeah. Uh, Snook, you got a seventh in one moto. You got to start somewhere. It's a good ride. Good ride for uh, Snooky. Yep. I talked to uh, someone that knows Anderson pretty well, a guy I think he used to work with him when he was on the KTM amateur program. And they said he's just kind of a hard dude to figure out mentally, you know, and, and stuff like that. And it's one of these strange deals. I, I don't believe I've ever heard this before. But his parents are not that crazy and not that hard on him. So hard, it's like he's not used to, like he just kind of like did whatever he wanted to do and it usually worked. But he wasn't used to like coming in after motos and having people like being on his case. Right, right. So maybe there was an adjustment process because you know it was fine when you were winning anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Most of the, most of the time, the stories are the opposite, aren't they? Like, no one's harder on them than their dad. No, yeah, dad. Uh, you're you're exactly right. Um, Ping, can you give us a TLD Honda scoop at all? Um. Well, there wasn't a whole lot to scoop there. Uh, Christian was coming back after his uh, little wrist injury from Millville. And so he got a little tired, you know, a little tight. He was tight. But he still was up tight. front a little bit at first. Um, so whatever, that was all right. And then um, he actually had a, a rock blow his lens out of his goggles in the opening lap of the second moto. So that's why his score stunk so bad there. Mm-hmm. He had to stop and get new goggles. Um and then Baker just, you know, struggled. Not good starts, not riding that awesome. And Cole, I think he actually rode okay the first moto, but just they're just kind of blot out over there right now, Those the two lights guys. I don't know, they're not. Uh, yeah, maybe they need to call in call in the 101. No, they tried that. They didn't like it. <laughs> Too much yelling from the 101. Too much anger. <sighs> Too many laps, apparently. Yeah, too many laps. Yeah, that's what I, I I designed them a program at the beginning of the year and some mechanics. Like Riding is overrated, thing. <laughs> huh? Riding is overrated. I guess so. <laughs> uh, I guess so. I, I hope uh, I hope Christian uh, in these last few can get it. You know, get a couple more good rides. I think he's been. I mean, you got to agree, he's been a pretty good surprise this year. Huh? Oh, I agree. Is he going back there? Because I talked to somebody who knows him and yeah. said he's got multiple, multiple offers. Everybody is after him. And I'm like, oh. huh? Jeez. Who's talking to McGranahan? I'm, I can't give away my, my source. Or that other, that other guy that helps him out. He's talking to the uh, rock star.
Star Valley team or whatever it's going to be. Yeah. Um, or uh, Militia. Um, and because know. he doesn't want to do lights, right? He's not going. He doesn't want to do light Supercross. Um, no, I think he does. He wants to do the 450 outdoors again, though. Well, Troy, Troy um, can offer him that program, right? Yeah. Yep. I, I think he'll stay if he's smart. I think he would stay. The the money, the difference in money is, you know. Here's the thing: if I was you know. him, I would definitely think about this. Uh, you broke your back, and Troy Lee stood behind you. Right. Yeah, dude, I, 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 I admire, know, I, I admire TLD. I, when TLD I broke Honda. my femur that in 95 or 6, whatever year it was, I was laid out in the hospital, a blown out knee, broken femur, broken hand. I was like a wreck. And Mitch came in to the hospital after I woke up from all my surgery. He's like, hey, I don't want you to worry about a ride for next year. You, you, we're going to keep you again. So just, you just worry about getting better. And that was like the coolest thing. I mean, it took so much pressure off me. Yeah. Because I'm laying there halfway through the Supercross season going, great. Well, not for the rest of the year. You know, now what? Like, this is going to yeah. screw me. So I went in and told Troy. I said, dude, you got to do the right thing here. Just tell him he's got a spot next year. We'll, we'll save him a spot if he wants to ride. Maybe he races again. Maybe he doesn't. But you got to do that, do that for him. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do it. No, it's good. Yeah, it's good. So I would think about that uh, if I was him. Just I'm not saying it like he doesn't think about that, but you know. So I just think right now he's trying to get more money. You no, know, shocker. Trying to. Yeah. I mean. Uh. All right. A- anything else? Uh, 250 class. Uh, 450 class guys. Any other comments? What's the latest on Shorty? Did you guys already cover this. Yeah. yeah, we covered that too. Oh, yeah, you called me late. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> no, we didn't call you late, actually, at all. Uh, yeah, uh, short, yeah. yeah, Shorty, broken arms. Bummer for him. No, testing Supercross. Predictions, anything? I, I saw that bike, dude. It was uh, at the gym. You know, KTM was right next door to the gym I go to. And okay. I had it sitting out back. There was, like, three KTM guys standing around it. And, like, the subframe was all tacoed. The bars are – I don't know what he did, but it was dirty. Yeah. That bike was a disaster. Yeah. Um, I it looked like, like it fell out of the back of the semi on the way to the track. Weege, how many well, t- two, two broken wrists, you're probably going over the front. Um, two broken wow. elbows, dude. Elbows. Oh, elbows. Wow. Yeah, that's my oh. And wrists. Two broken elbows and wrists, it said. And, and a wrist, yeah. Weege, how I'm- bad is an elbow, JT? Like, have you ever hurt an elbow? I haven't. I haven't, but I can imagine. It's not. I've broken enough stuff to know that's not a good one. Weech, how many times uh, has Ping thrown in, I was at the gym, or I was next to the gym, or I was going to the gym? Well, this is silly, yeah. season. you got to let people know that you're training. Yourself. You went to the gym, it led to your undoing today, so <laughs> you back it down. Maybe, like JT just said, maybe this is something like, hey, team managers, been going to the gym. You know, just, hey, just FYI. Yeah. If you're wondering, I'm out here killing it. <laughs> <laughs> I will now accept all contract offers. Well, I, I have yeah. to qualify. I was I was peering through the fence at KTM the other day. I mean, like, how do I say <laughs> I saw that? It was you right just, next to the door to where I was. You I just was at a place. You just say I saw the bike. Uh, right. I like. I, 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 I do like that. the levels that we will go to. You spy for information. We're gonna station a guy down there at a gym where he can see <laughs> KTM shop. Like, how is that even? Really, I was on a, as a former as a former rider who snapped the KTM into two pieces. They wanted me to come in and survey the damage <laughs> on this latest KTM break. I was uh, I was on mile thirty six, 
in the gym, and uh, let me tell you, I peeked out the window, and uh, uh, hard to see. Uh, hard to see around those hundred pound plates. Very large. <laughs> Ping, what else do you got for silly season? Anything else? Um, nah, I got nothing. <laughs> you got nothing. Uh, we did have Mitch Payton. Ping, what uh, what what size engine did uh, Shorts tacoed up bike have? Tell from here. Uh, I don't know. It was through a fence. I mean, like, I said, no Oops. Did anybody know where he was riding? Like, I want to know where you could even crash that big. Supercross, right? Yeah, he was doing oh, Supercross. Oh, he was riding Supercross? Yeah, he's riding Supercross. Okay. Well, that makes sense. The only reason I ask is because he is helping test for next year, right? And I would suspect that there will be a change in the program bike wise for next year. Maybe for someone else to come and ride. Maybe Shorty also. Just wondering why they're so big on trying to shake. I know. Like them across already. Wonder why. I didn't. I didn't ask Short, and I should have when I spoke to him after the race. But I definitely was should have said, "Hey, are you riding a 450? Are you running a 450 through its paces uh, for the next guy?" If he was, and if the bike did malfunction. And shoot him over the bars. What a kick in the balls that is. <laughs> hey. <Yeah. laughs> hey, we're working through the kinks of Ryan Dungey's 450. Go on out there, Shorty. Good luck. I have a feeling that whatever Dungey was told was uh, something that was not a KTM part. Uh, yeah, we had a, a, a you know chain break. Uh, yeah. Uh, tire came off the rim. Something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, d- I can imagine the first call. After after he heard Dungey was to DeCoster saying, uh, yeah, uh, what happened? Rider well, error. Was, is that what Andrew told you? Error. Something broke on the bike? No, Andrew did not tell me that. No, I did hear that, though. Oh, you did hear that. I did hear that from someone that heard it from somebody. So mm-hmm. unconfirmed, though. I don't want to say that that's what happened. I don't know. I tell you what, if you do have a big injury that big and it is, uh, you know, manufacturer fault it looks good for your contract talk the next year i would think that's what i mentioned also that's what i also yeah. threw out there um mm. you know and, and that's certainly something that to think about um anything else what else we got guys is that it we what are you doing on your weekend off uh i think i'm gonna go to uh, charlotte which is 18 miles from my house but i've never actually gone there because i've been a little busy ever since i moved uh, i thought maybe you'd go up to seaside and you know meet with the carnies and tell them that Hey, kids, you too can move on from this and become something. Oh, no, don't worry. Next week I'm going there. I'm going there for a few days, and I'm going to drive up to Southwick and then come back. So, yeah, I am. Oh. I'm going to Seaside uh, one week from Wednesday. Please get a photo. Please do some Twittering of your old old haunting, your old uh, stomping grounds. Go to Karma and do some fist pumping. Casino Pier. I'm I'm going. Do it. And be like, here here I was. This is – this is the guy working right now. Probably has your old shirt on. You know, they just pass it on. Oh yeah, they're just red casino pier shirts. So yeah. Oh, great <laughs> idea. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's that's why. Hey, Jake Canada got tenth. Jimmy Albertson got ninth. Good good rides for those guys. All right. Yeah, yeah. for sure. All Jake Canada, point, that a big surprise. All illustrates your point how hard everybody's working. You watch that second two fifty moto. There's Tomac kind of by himself. Got through everybody. Wilson was gone. Got through everybody. But what was it? Seven or eight guys, including Cunningham. I mean, bobblehead and all. I mean, those guys were riding so hard. All of them. Yeah. Ogle, Dakotas, the two or three Suzuki guys that were in there. I mean, 
dude, you're battling in the end, you're going to get sixth or seventh out of that. And they were going at it. Like, like you said, like the title was on the line, man. It's shouldn't take anything away from anybody, at least that far up front. I mean, yeah. they were riding well. Cunningham uh, was in third for how long? For half a lap? It's like he'd waited all year. Finally, I'm going to get a third in one of these darn things. Yeah. And like the moment he gets in the third bag, it pulls up behind him. And you're like, ah, <laughs> there goes that. Um, get fourth again. Well, again, I'm curious uh, how big the check was that the Unadilla Chamber of Commerce wrote for you uh, after reading Racer X Redux. Man, I'm I'm not joking. Like, you were going off about that track. Good. Yeah, well, I got some real information about why it sucked for so long. And yeah, no, no, I'll I, tell you that, I'm uh, kidding. But it, you know, it, I know I learned some things reading your article. But you were very, very happy with the track. I'm going to tell you the full full thing right here. I talked to John Ayers after the race, and he said, like eight years ago when it was the MPG, you know, the little people said, we can't keep this up. Everybody's stepping up their deal. Everybody's criticizing us for not stepping up ours. We have one race a year, and we have an amateur track where the district doesn't like us or whatever. We can never get the good dates. We don't have money to invest. So if this is what you guys are looking for, we're out. We can't do it. And we're just going to keep getting slaughtered. So two or three years down the road, I'm sure we're just going to be out of this series. And they said, well, we're glad you finally, you know, we're glad you're upfront about that. We can find ways to help. What about having a GNCC? What about having an ATV motocross race? What if you worked in the Loretta's program? What if you did these things? If we brought you those things, would that give you the revenue to fix your track? And they said, let's try it. So they worked within the system, and after two or three years of finding ways to make more revenue, I mean, it's not, it doesn't work anymore to have one trans AMA race like it did in the right. 78. Right. Uh, now they got some money. Now they're building stuff. Now they're all the dirt that everybody said, why don't you just dump it back on the track? They actually can do that. So I thought it was a pretty cool story how that worked. No, I agree. I agree. And I did hear more praise for Unadilla. I mean, there was a time where Ricky Carmichael was, I mean, didn't he have, didn't he have something on the, on the butt, butt patch of his, of his uh, pants even about Unadilla or last time or something? What? Didn't he put I know the, the press conference, I know at the press conference they said, how can we make the track better? And he said, lock the gate. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he had. I thought he had last time on the back of his pants. Like he was like, oh god. Yeah, he did. I he think did. he did. Right. Like, like yeah, I'm never did. coming to this shithole ever again. And, um, uh, and and I gotta say, I, I heard from a lot of riders. They liked it. Burner. I, t- I specifically asked Burner. He said it's 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 really good. I liked it. A couple guys said it was one line, but there was way way less complaining than there ever was. And so why can't uh, I? And I wondered why. And then I read your column, and now I know why. I, yeah. I I got to wonder though, like dude says he couldn't afford to you know go dig up some dirt and put it back on the track. I mean, I've done some rough math in my head. I've seen how many people come through that gate and what they pay, and I don't know. Sure seems to me like the dude made plenty of money to yeah. throw it back. You know, well, that's the never-ending battle in the sport, right? Everybody yeah. does that. Yeah. Everybody does the head count, does the math. Supercross promoters uh, uh, raking in six million dollars per race, or you know, or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not not ever thinking I mean, about how much it costs to you know to put a race on. So. I mean, or, or Ping might be right. You know, everybody, everybody tries that math, and I don't know if it's something you should rely on or not. But yeah, we've all tried to do that, right? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I don't think you can you do pay it. Pay a hundred grand to win in Supercross purse because of the billions they rake in every weekend. Right. The 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 one thing I didn't like about the track. And this goes back a few years. Why did they get rid of that start? I liked it when it went down and up. That was cool. That was a Unadilla thing. Yeah. Right. Unfair. I think. I think. Uh, I think that was a, a white lock. It's not. 
you know, certain gates are certain disadvantages, I guess, if you have to go into the dip. Because the dip didn't go all the way the across. The dip went all the way across. You know, the dip went all the way across. No, I thought on the inside it wasn't nearly No, no. Big. No. Help me out here, JT, Ping. Dip went all the way across. Well, there was more uh, dip on one side than the other, but it was like... Yeah, it wasn't know, even. It, it, sure. it was what it was, though, you know? Like, that was... Yeah, that was the it was benefit a, of qualifying well or doing well in your yeah. qualifying races back then. Characteristic of really Unadilla. I really didn't think the dip mattered. If you're on the outside of Unadilla, you're screwed. Period. Right. <laughs> doesn't matter. Well, dip, no dip. No, uh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Doesn't matter. Wait a minute. Is this the point where I tell my Unadilla Sean Kalos story? No, there's never that point. I, I can tell yeah. that story. I've told it many times. Yeah, I know that. That the point of where you tell the Sean Kalos story again is not here. Well, but you're wrong, JT. You're not correct in yeah, saying that. Yeah, I, I know, but I'm just saying 99,000 times out of 99,001, you're going to get a 30th or worst place start from the outside. Just I've been out there. I've been out there, trust me. You're looking at the start. You're looking at the first turn, and you have to turn your physically turn your head and turn to the right to see where you're <laughs> turning. Not good out there. <laughs> I agree, but, but in Sean Kalos in 96, um, he, he did it. He told me he was well, going to do it. PJ one extreme Yamaha. Yes, yes. Tuner Steve Mathis. Um, no, but things like the Unadilla dip, things like the Frog Pond at Southwick, things like the two tabletop section at at, at uh, Steel City. I I like tradition. I like think I like these dudes track owners leaving the Bradshaw Boulevard. It's a disgrace what's happened to Bradshaw Boulevard. Um, leave Frog the, Pond was cool. I'll give you that. Leave these I'll things in. Leave these things into the track, you know. Uh, they don't tear down the Green Monster at Fenway and go, oh, dude, it's you know, it's only 200 and something feet, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a big wall. Let's tear it down. Why can't you agree? Yeah, I agree. I do. I yeah. actually agree with all that. Yeah, I, I like the dip of the start. Bradshaw Boulevard, what the hell is it now? It's a straightaway. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 all that stuff. I leave it alone. Like, uh, fix your track and improve your track by all means, but – Leave the iconic things that you're known for. Although I believe the frog pond was going on another somebody else's property, so that was that was the reason that was taken out. But yeah, kick him uh, a couple hundred bucks and leave it in. Yeah, right. So, to me, I'm I'm all about the uh, the stuff that and leave it in the national tracks and, and you know, screw like screw you, gravity cavity, great, leave it in. So I feel like a lot of these changes came. There was a time mid 2000s when Whitelock was in charge, where they were. I feel like they were making changes just to say they made changes. Like, I know that Steel City, or maybe Steel City and High Point, uh, our office got a letter because the rocks that they had used, the gravel, was too large. And you guys probably have all twisted ankles in those rocks in those pits. And they were like, really? Like, this is, this is a problem? And the High Point, they couldn't use the, couldn't use the billboard turn anymore. Remember how cool that was? Right. Billboard turn because they didn't want riders going across start straight that was bad so we had to change that up and then that also eliminated the mechanics area so they told them put the mechanics area on bradshaw boulevard but you can't have jumps where the pit boards are so take the jumps out right uh yeah so I like one unadilla you know. start not being even that was another one on that i think the frog pond i didn't know about the property thing i thought that was because they were told they had to expand their pits and they had to do that to make room but whatever it was like all these changes are being made for changes sake it was yeah. strange the only the only thing that I would have liked changed, and we no longer have Troy on the Troy Ohio on the schedule. Um, the Widowmaker never made anyone a widow. I didn't like that. So you're saying 
you would have preferred it to? If you're going to call it the Widowmaker, it better be gnarly. You know what I'm well, saying? How many deaths would you require a year? <laughs> At least a couple. And I feel like the Widowmaker, I could have jumped it on a CR-80. No, the you know what was big. cool about that track, though, was the pro section. It was all grass every year. That was pretty sweet. Let's get back to the Widowmaker. Sorry. Didn't make anyone a widow. Wasn't that hard. Wasn't that big of a deal. It was, it was harder than you're giving it credit for. Well, I never raced. I'm telling it, you, you're, you would have never, ever made that on a CR-80. Not a chance. Me, four Manitoba titles, or me right now? You in any state condition of your life. Ping? Never making that jump on a CR-80. Ping? I concur. Okay. Well, you, you, on a, especially back then on a 125, you had to be like, you had to give it the berries to get over that. Give it clean. the berries. Oh, God. <laughs> it really? wasn't that small, I'm telling you. Give it the berries, really? Yeah. I mean, you hit it hard. For sure you hit it hard. There's no I, way. I mean, I, I no hear what you're saying. It wasn't. Your, it wasn't. Yeah. Dude, it didn't make. It's not it, the Snake River Canyon jump. It but, didn't make anyone a widow. What, just, what do you want to call it? The Pussy Gap? I mean, what, what do you want to name it? <laughs> That's good. I like that one. That, that rock flows off the tongue. Um, was, was the, would you say that the Dirty Dozen was not quite dirty enough for you? That was okay. I'm okay with the Dirty Dozen. That's fine. Yeah. It was plenty dirty for yeah. your, yeah. your yeah, that's uh, fine. credential to be called Dude, the Dirty Dude, when you dozen. say <laughs> it's the Widowmaker, you better be killing some dudes. Somebody better have died. <laughs> There better be a stack of dead things on the side of the Just track. Just skeletons, dude. <laughs> skeletons with O'Neill jerseys on and, you know. Flowers. And just crying women everywhere. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. So that's the one obstacle I have a beef with. But everything else. All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks. Um, that's it, right? No one else has anything else? Yep. Right? We're good? Good. All right. Thank yeah. you, Jason Thomas, for stepping yeah, up right. uh, when Ping could not. Thank you, Ping, in your weekend state for still coming in and chipping in, though. Thank you. I want you to know my stomach is still a wreck. I'm sweaty, kind of pain over here. Okay, great. I'm not feeling well, but I. Well, we'll get we'll get Bodner over there, ASAP. Um, All right. Why well, again? Thank you. Yeah, man. All right. Send me the file. Send me the link. All right. Whatever we're gonna do. Yeah, yeah. See you guys. All right. See Bye. This has been the BTOSports.com podcast show, brought to you by Racer X. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The Working Class Hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. 
stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX on the iTunes Store to enjoy these and many more great podcasts. I won't let these die.